It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, August 18th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that's going to dig into our player development goals for the team this season. I like that. We will also give the results of our summer poll on the Metro Division for this week, plus some Flyers news as well, all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. And as a show, we are on the app formerly known as Twitter, Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, Al at Locked On Flyers. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. You can subscribe or follow us for free over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you'll get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, uh, when last we spoke, we talked about the impending uh, expiration of rights in the NHL that happened on the 15th. So in fact, Jay O'Brien is free to do as he wishes in the future. And we have, we got the compensatory pick. It's all official and up on cap friendly. Mm-hmm. You love to see it. Um, it's really funny because we could end up with like a whole bunch of picks next year or like not as many just because there's so many conditions on it, any yes. of them, yes. on all of them. But that being said, this one is locked in. And so we will definitely have that extra second round pick, uh, which I think will be a, a really good asset for the Flyers to have. Yeah, it's valuable. I mean, there's no question. You know, you always want to have a few second round picks because of the percentage and not it being as you know close as a first rounder. So the more you have, the better chance you have of, of at least getting one really good player. So you know that's that's your hope, odds wise. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, we also talked about the fact that it wasn't just Jay O'Brien whose rights were expiring, and there would be a bunch of players uh, available as free agents. And we mentioned one in particular that might be nice for the Flyers to sign, but he went elsewhere, correct? He did, yep. John Farinacci went to the Bruins. Uh, maybe they had an in because, uh, you know, I mentioned the Harvard connection and and the GM, Dom Sweeney, is from Harvard. And Jamie Langenbrunner's there. And Jamie Langenbrunner's son plays on Harvard and played ah, with Ah, yes. So there's another set of eyes. It's a great signing for them, though, because uh, if he can give them anything at some point during this season, that could be a help. You have to see how he sort of starts in the AHL. But, you know, they're so weak down the middle that, you know, you never know. I, I do like his talent. I'm not going to say he's like a lock to play third-line center, but I think, you know, he might be able to fill in some time at third-line center. And if he can, at some sure. point during the season, that's going to be valuable for them because they're weak up the middle. Yeah, I, I think so too. So uh, an opportunity that the Flyers uh, did not, or could not take advantage, I should say, uh, given how quick that he signed with Boston. There must have been something there. Uh, Still no news on Morgan Frost, no statement from the Flyers on the IIHF. 
decision as of now. I don't know if we get a statement from them on that. Yeah, and uh, we also still haven't heard about Jackson Cates. He's still a, a UFA at the moment. Yeah, he. You know what they might do with him is give him a PTO and then sort of decide when he's in there what he looks like. Maybe they'll do that. Yeah, the Flyers do have four contract spots open. Yeah. So even assuming one goes to Morgan Frost, they do have a couple of slots open. So at least that is not the worry here. No, no, they've done a good job with that. They've got room. Uh, I, like I said, I, I think he'll get invited in. I think he'll be a camp invite. Hopefully that will happen. And then just some general NHL news. Uh, Jonathan Taves uh, sort of retired. Uh, he says he's not retiring, right. but he has to take another year off from the game due to health. We know that he has long COVID. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he was very, I think, um, reticent to talk about it for a very long time. Um, yeah. He's a very private person. So he has said that he's going to talk about it. Not yet, but he feel, he knows that it's something he needs to talk about and be more outspoken about. And so uh, we'll see if, you know, if he ends up actually retiring, if he does sign elsewhere in a year, um, if he maybe goes into coaching, who knows, or, or player development uh, takes on a role with the Blackhawks uh, in that way. I could see that happening as well. Yeah, I mean, that could happen, or I, I still see him returning to Winnipeg. And so whether it's as a player or a coach, I do feel like maybe they'll reach out now. Maybe they'll say, hey, you know, why don't you come here? You could do this for now. And if you think about playing, you know, maybe they'll have an interest if they see that he's, you know, back at full strength. But, you know, it, it wouldn't shock me if they sort of did that because, I mean, I want to say second year when he was a second-year player uh, for a magazine, I did uh, – a one-on-one with him and you know, I probably could never get a one-on-one with him after that. Uh, and it was all about, it was for a Winnipeg magazine and he was all in for that. He, he really loves it there, has a great history there. And so you, you know, you could see that if it's not Chicago, I would see it being there. I, I think so. Uh, I think those are basically your two options at Chicago yes. or Winnipeg. Right. But I, I do think that player development, uh, coaching might be a, a good starting off role for him. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, in retirement. So we'll see. But uh, it's always still kind of like jarring when somebody of that level announces their retirement or that they have to step away. Yeah, it stinks. I mean, I've covered him his whole career. I mean, a little inside story when he was getting drafted, uh, myself and Shane Malloy, we, you know, we did Hockey Prospect Radio for a lot of years and we still work together. And we, um, we were walking with Jonathan Taves as he was going to the podium. And I said to John, I said, have you decided between the Cubs and the White Sox yet? He goes, no. And he looked really scared. You know, he was like, <laughs> he goes, what should I do? And I said, go with the White Sox because everybody says the Cubs, at least you'll, you'll be different. And he did that. He went with the White Sox early on. And then six weeks later, two months later, he still was in Cubs gear. Uh, get yeah. at Wrigley. So it worked for a short time because I just was like, my thinking was from a marketing standpoint, be a little different. That's good sometimes. Yeah, that's funny. That is very funny. Yeah. Going to our summer poll for the week that we posted over on YouTube, we were talking about the Metro division and who y'all out there thought were going to win. And the top two were pretty close, I got to say. Uh, so the Carolina Hurricanes with 45% and the New Jersey Devils with 42%. I think the fans are smart here. I mean, I 
and there's quite a bit of drop off after that. Um, yes, I, I, I see it going either way. Uh, it might come down to who's better in net, and right now, I don't think either is better than the other team until we see how the season goes. So, I think that could be the de- deciding factor. So, the being this close is really legitimate. I think so. I think both teams have a chance to win the division. And I think both teams have situations where if you pull one thread, the entire garment could fall apart. Right. Uh, but at the same time, they're, they're just both so strong in so many different areas, but you hit them in the exact right spot. Things could go south rather quickly yes. um, and maybe give a team like the Rangers or the Penguins an opportunity there. But I think ultimately it will be one of those two teams, Carolina and New Jersey, to I win it too. all. I feel that way as well. You know, in the comments, Christopher said that Carolina is the one team that has a plan and never deviates. It allows them to fill holes and withstand injuries better. And I think for the most part, that's true. I think they've been able to do that. I think like goaltending is where they haven't been able to do it. But I think that's also that's a little bit. Them from getting to the Stanley yeah. Cup with, yeah. with Brindamore, like it has. So I think it's it's a real good point there, uh, but I think the the one spot where you can't do that has has been that Achilles heel. So we'll see how how the division goes, but I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be you know we know what the Flyers are doing this season, but it'll be fun to see the battle at the top of the division as well. Yeah, I think the top of the division battle will be really good. Uh, I still think the Rangers like will be sort of in that mix. They're still a really good team. The Islanders will be a bubble team. So I think the division's really good. It's going to be, yeah. you know, uh, a slobber knocker all year, really. That is an excellent word. I will use it in the future. Um, we will get to our discussion on Flyers player development, which is our big goal for this upcoming season coming up next. Football season's about to kick off and FanDuel's giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You might pick this team for that I'm wearing, you know, New York Jets, maybe. Uh, at least they're getting talked about. You could use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Take some time to visit FanDuel and include money lines, props around your team. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Next week on the show, uh, we on Monday are going to talk about the first hundred days of the Jones and Breer administration. Uh, Much like in politics, you kind of have a first hundred days goal. And uh, so we thought we'd translate that to the Flyers, new people in charge. And uh, the administration is doing, yeah. 
Yeah, see how the administration is doing, because uh, I believe Sunday is that 100th day. So for our Monday episode, we are going to dig into that. Very much looking forward to that conversation. Uh, in the meantime, we are going to talk about player development goals, because like we said, uh, and like you said in our poll results when we did that uh, the other week, player development is the watchword for this season, for the yeah. You know, for this upcoming season for the Flyers. And so what does that mean, though? Like, what does that mean practically? So, you know, looking at it from a systems perspective, I think it's really putting a better overall system in place in terms of coordination and communication between the Flyers and the Phantoms and making sure that everybody's on the same page in terms of what the young players should be doing and working toward, right? Yeah. So... You know, they definitely all need to be working towards that. They need to be told in camp right before the big camp when they come in. They need to be told, hey, everybody's got a chance here. Let's see what you got. You know, you run with that. Even if nobody has a chance of making it in the end, which is unrealistic, but, you know, it happens sometimes. Uh, you don't want to start off camp like that. You always want to start off camp with that carrot. Everybody's got a chance. Let's see what you can do. We're all pulling the same way here. Uh, maybe they'll yeah. have a new wrinkle or two by then as far as uh, what what they want players to do this upcoming season. And and that's great. And that's, you know, I expect it to start off, you know, something like that. Yeah. And I think it's important that individual goals are set as well. So you have team yes. goals, whether it's at the Flyers level and at the Phantoms level, but then you also have individual goals and make sure that each player is getting the attention they need and the assistance they need in order to reach those goals. Like, do they need extra technique help? Do they yeah. need, you know, extra attention from one of the player development coaches? Should John LeClaire be on the phone with them, you know, every other week or something? Like, yeah. how, like what is the plan? And does do each individual prospect in the flyer system have the support, the individualized support they need to accomplish whatever goals they decide to set? Yeah. I feel like if, if they're lacking a mentor though, for gritty, maybe it could have been, you know, like you <laughs> or somebody because you, you know, Yuppie's been around a lot longer. Well, but I thought gritty was Melvin's mentor. <laughs> yeah. But that's like the blind leading the blind really. But anyhow. Oh God. Getting back to the players, yeah, I, I think that's kind of where we're at. And it, it'll be interesting to see how the Flyers kind of report on that, right, over the course of this yeah. season. Because I think that you know, looking at the scoreboard for the Flyers and looking at the standings and the points isn't going to be top of mind, I think, for a lot of people. And we're going to want to look at individual results and see how it's, you know, translating to these player development goals and how are we going to know if they even achieved the goals that have been set for them? Well, I think you'll know. I think your eyes will tell you, even if we don't know like numbers, even if we never hear, Hey, they want, you know, Tyson Forster to get uh, 15 NHL goals this year, or, you know, 40 for the whole season between the AHL and NHL. We're not going to know that, but we're going to know by the way they, we see them play uh, and what they're able to do and, and how they're producing. I think that's how we're going to know. And I think the other thing is we're going to be able to look at the Phantoms results because yes. I think that looking at what prospects are leading that team and who's getting the ice time in, in addition to the standings, because I think now it's established the Phantoms absolutely have to make the playoffs and I would certainly hope they win a round. Yeah, winning a round now would be um, optimal, like optimum. That's, that's a thing where that's a real site to sort of set on now. Uh, you don't want to be happy to be there anymore. 
If you truly are, you know, like a top 10 organization as far as for prospects, then you've got to be one of the better teams in the AHL this year. You can't just squeak by. Yeah, I think that's absolutely going to be part of the conversation there and something that I think, you know, if I were Flyers management, I would be talking about a lot more than was talked about this past season. Yes. And I would be making sure that it's clear to everybody that that's part of the overall goals of this season and, and that they're going to be considering that in everything that they yeah, do. And even when they start off the Phantoms broadcast and such, just say expectations are high and you know, this is, you know, that's all good. I mean, fans can know that and be a part of that. Yeah, I think so too. So I'm looking forward to, it. I think the Phantom season too is going to be a lot of fun this year because we'll have a lot of new guys mm -hmm. on that squad uh, to, to take a look at and some guys that'll be battling for those call-ups. And so I think watching the Phantoms this year is going to be a lot of fun. It will. I mean, uh, it's a hike, but I'll get up there for a game or two. Yeah. I, th I love that arena in Allentown. Me too. It's great. Uh, looking at specific players, I think, you know, obviously we want all of the prospects to succeed, right. And take steps forward. And, and like I said, you know, we're going to have goals for all of them or we hope the flyers have goals for all of them moving forward. But I think obviously there's going to be some key prospects that we're going to focus in on. So I'm just wondering, Russ, who is the prospect that you are most focused on and keyed into in terms of uh, setting goals and, and taking a step forward this season? Well, first is, is Emil Andre because I, I don't know where he's going to be. I don't know if he's going to be with the Flyers or HV71. So he's a guy that has to come into camp, guns blazing. He has to win a job. He has to win an NHL job because I, I fear if he doesn't, then he, he'll go back to the SHL. Now, I don't fear it because it's a bad thing for him. I think people have sort of gone the wrong direction of that. It's better for him to go to the SHL than the Phantoms. And it's not because the Phantoms aren't good and it's not because the AHL isn't good. It's because the SHL is a top league and he could play with players that are almost NHL quality. That's something where, you know, in the AHL, it, it's a little amiss. And also he'll be very comfortable being there. Now, the season after, hey, that's when maybe he can make the Flyers if it's that's the way it goes. But I'm okay with that. He already got a, you know, a cup of coffee in the AHL last year, so he at least has an idea of what North American hockey is like. But again, he may not be fully comfortable with that yet. He doesn't, he's not going to have any kind of coordination or chemistry probably with any Flyers defenseman. So it's going to be a hard job for him to win. I don't think this is going to be easy. Yeah, I, I think you're spot on there. And and I think that um, it's a very crucial year and a crucial camp for him because I, like you said, I don't think it's a, a real issue in terms of his individual development if he goes back to Sweden. I really don't. But I think in terms of his cohesiveness with the Flyers and the organization and the program and being, you know, an integral part of this rebuild leading toward something. I, for me personally, I think it's better if he's with the team than not with the team through the, all these trials and tribulations. I think that that would be good for him and good for the identity of the organization. Yeah, I agree. I, I I agree with everything. I all of that. I can't disagree at all. For me, I think my most important player to develop this season is Bobby Brink. And I think that there's some other guys that I think should develop more, but I, I feel safer about, and I feel like they're already well on their way. Um, and we can talk about them later, but I think with Bobby Brink, you know, obviously he came in after the injury, didn't have a full season. And so this is his first full season 
on the ice ostensibly with the organization, right? Knock on wood here. But I think that we really need to see what he looks like as a pro hockey player from start to finish over the course of a full season. And I feel like he really needs to kind of take over the lead with the Phantoms in a lot of ways in terms of being one of the driving forwards on that team because Tyson Forster is moving on up, right? Yeah. And so so Bobby Brink has to kind of almost take his place as far as you know point totals and uh, leading the team in terms of wins the out there. On that team, period. Yeah, he should be the number one guy on that team. And so I think, you know, again, there's a lot of pressure on him this year. And I, and I don't feel like there's a ton of pressure, at least from my end, of him making the Flyers. I, I just need him to, to really capture who he is as a pro and have that be successful in order to the following season say, oh, yeah, he's a Philadelphia Flyer. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, when I talk about his ugly skating, you know, straight line, he's okay. I mean, we saw that in the scrimmage, mm -hmm. that's not what's going to make him good. What's going to make him good is his edge work and yep. having more. And his IQ. Yeah, and his hockey IQ. Having more than really like one good shot a shift. Sometimes he was having trouble, you know, doing that. And so. Like with the follow-up, yeah. Yeah, like with the follow-up. So that's what we need him to do. That's what we need to see. You know, a 50-point, 60-point season would really be something that would say, okay, you know, now I think you – you're, you are developing at that rate because last season was disappointing. It just was. Yeah. And, and there were good reasons for it. Again, coming back from the injury, yep. not a full season, adjusting to the pro game, like totally understandable. And that's why this season is a clean slate where he really, okay, this is for real, Bobby. Like, yeah. what do you got? So yeah. I think uh, um, I'm going to be focused a lot on him. And you can play a lot of games too. Yeah, that too. All right. We're going to talk about some other players coming up next. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Russ. So you talked about Emil Andre. I talked about Bobby Brink. Who is like the second most important player to keep an eye on for you? It's Cam York. Cam York's the the next guy because Cam York had a really good year in a lot of ways. He played his offside. That was terrific. That's something that'll stick with him for life now because now he can play either side, even though there's people that will tell you online, what do you mean? If you're right-hand shot, you can't play the other side. You know, it's like, stop. Tortorello, the one thing he's been able to do as coach has been able to get guys to play the offside. So, so that's, that's been fun. That, that, that part was a success. The, Shooting percentage and getting shots on net was not a success. And that's something that needs a lot of work. And because right now, the Flyers are in need of a top power play guy on the blue line. And to be honest, they don't have that yet. Nobody has yeah. really, Sanheim's really not that guy yet. Maybe he will be, but he should have been that already. Uh, York has a chance, but he's got to, like I said, get shots on net. He doesn't have to score. Look, I liked Ivan Provorov just because he got the puck on net, not because he was always going to score like Gossespierre. So that's why for a while, you know, Provorov was good. And then, but then after a while, he wasn't good, you know, and we saw that last year. Um, so I need to see him step up in that way. And we still, now again, this goes back to three, four years ago when he started posting a picture with him with no shirt, like, hey, I've gained this muscle. He is physically stronger, but he is still not physical on the ice and loses some puck battles. And if you're going to mm -hmm. be 
you know, a top pairing defenseman for the rest of your career, you're going to have to win some of those hard battles, some of those 50-50s in the corner. And so we need to see that this year. Like this year is a big year for that. Uh, I still think he's a number two. I don't think he's a number one. But he may play the number one part. And if he does, he's going to go up against some really tough competition, tougher than anything he ever faced at the NTDP, I can tell you that. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's what I think my biggest issue is, or or it's not really an issue as much as an opportunity for him, right? Because he is going to play up against that top competition, being sort of by default having to be on that top pairing again, uh, due to what the Flyers blue line is, like it is what it is, but Cam York is going to get a lot of good hard playing time against top competition. And I think that should propel him forward, right? I would think so. I mean, I would think that. I mean, look, his skating's great. You need to see more points. He only had 20 points. He's got to get more points. He has to be uh, more of a contributor if he wants to keep that top pairing status. Because otherwise, what's going to happen is, as the team gets better, they're just going to get somebody, you know, in free agency. Or if somebody like Adder takes a step forward, or even Sandheim takes a step forward, then he's going to be on the second pairing. And that's where he's going to stay. So. He's got the opportunity now, while the team isn't fantastic, to do this, to make this jump. If he doesn't make it, then, you know, they're going to start, you know, thinking, okay, maybe we're going to have to make him a second pairing guy, which isn't the worst thing in the world, but you just have to figure out what he is at this point. Absolutely. And uh, so as long as you're keeping an eye on the defenseman, I'll stick with the forwards, I guess. <laughs> and and my other uh, player that I'm going to be uh, pretty hyper-focused on this season is Elliot Denoyer. And I think that um, for, for me, he had a really good season this past year with Lehigh Valley, but I think there was also some streakiness to it. And yeah. I feel like he needs to get a little bit more consistent. He had 44 points in, in uh, 65 games played, which is real good, That's you know, good at the at the AHL level. So I'm not really worried about him from a production standpoint, but again, I feel like he's, you know, he was one of the leaders of this team and I think he's, you know, he'll have an opportunity at camp, like we were talking about, you know, all, all bets are off, but I feel like he's going to get boxed out a little bit. So what he has to do then is just say, okay, if I'm with Lehigh Valley again, I have to score 20 more points this season, like 15, 20 more points this season and be more consistent and not have the dry spells. And then really be the go-to guy, right? That in key situations, Elliot Dinoye is always out there on the ice. And show up in the playoffs. Like he only had one goal in three games and he was a minus three. He's got to show up in the playoffs. He, yeah. that's, that's not going to cut it this year. Uh, he's got to do better. He had a good regular season. He didn't have a good postseason. So in three games, he only had seven shots that were on net. Like he's got to do better than that. That's, yeah. you know, especially if he's going to go to the NHL, because even if he were, be, you know, a third or fourth liner, uh, let's say he gets more physical and he's, uh, and they go with a more of a scoring thing on the fourth line. Even at that, he's going to have to shoot more than that. So, you know, regular season was fine. Now he's got some postseason experience. Now he's got to make another jump. And he absolutely has the skill to do it. Like, I have no doubt that he can accomplish all of this. Um, but I, I do think that this is, again, going to be a really key season for him. And he has to make himself that first call up for yes. forwards. I mean, I, like I said that about Bobby Brink sort of, but uh, I think both the, the two of them have to be competing and they have to push each other. Yeah. No, no question. I think, I think for them to be successful, you want that. 
And there might be a time in the year where they both could get called up. Yeah. You know, injuries happen. So that's why, yeah, you always have to give these players the idea that you can be that next guy. And by waving that carrot, they have to give you their absolute best all the time because tomorrow they could get called up. Now, these guys are playing on like, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, last year they had a lot of injuries, but most years a Stanley Cup team isn't going to get have that much opportunity. Then you can't say that. You still expect their best, but you can't wave that carrot. The Flyers can do that because they know that there's going to be opportunities. Yeah, they can. And and that's why this year is going to be so important for all four of those guys we just talked about. There's definitely some other prospects on the team that we want, you know, good things for. But oh, I yeah. think as far as the most attention and the most expectation, I think those four that we talked about are, are a real good start. It is a good start. And I, and I think um, if they all are pointing in the right direction, then you're looking a lot better the year after. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, if there's any other players that you think are equally or more important to focus on, let us know in the comments. We will certainly uh, address that on a future episode. In the meantime, that'll do it for today's show. We'll be back on Monday, of course, uh, talking about our 100 days into the new administration. We're going to name a new nemesis of the week and have a new summer poll topic for you. So keep an eye out for that. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So you can send in your mailbag questions via the app formerly known as Twitter at Lockdown Flyers, or you can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at our Miriam. That's our M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great weekend, everyone. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.